Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm in the beautiful Spurgeon Library studio, as always. And today we're going to be talking about daily repentance and soul care. And the best way to do that, of course, is meditation on the Word of God, drinking deeply from God's Word. And where would you go if you wanted to sort of develop a routine, a habit of speaking to your soul deeply from the Word of God? There are many places in Scripture you can go to sort of develop a pattern for this or a routine for this. John Calvin famously called this, the book of Psalms the anatomy of a soul, as if you see the gamut of human experience and emotion of longing and even appetite all the uh, emotional needs, all of our spiritual needs represented in the anatomy of a soul called the Book of Psalms. And today we're going to talk about a particular book that takes you on a journey through the riches of Psalm 51. So I thought I would begin our episode by reading that psalm just to get us situated in the Word of God, and then we'll introduce our guest. Here is the Word of the Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold with me a willing spirit. Then. I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of the Lord, and our guest today is Jonathan Parnell, who is the lead pastor of Cities Church in Minneapolis-St. Paul, a church he and his team planted in 2015. Jonathan is the Sin Network City Missionary in the Twin Cities, where he also serves as a church planting trainer. He's the author of a couple of books, Never Settle for Normal, The Proven Path to Significance and Happiness, and co-author of a book, uh, How to Stay Christian in Seminary. Jonathan's married to Melissa. They live in the Twin Cities with their eight children. Jonathan, with eight children, how do you find time to write a book, brother? <laughs> early early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on the program. Really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so... Um, your new book from B&H Publishers, it's titled Mercy for Today, A Daily Prayer from Psalm 51, Mercy for Today. So why Psalm 51? Where did the idea for Mercy for Today come from? Yeah, so 
I mean, as you just read, I mean, Psalm 51 is, wow, so, so beautiful and, and so powerful. And, and, uh, the, just the heart coming through David's heart and his humility, his repentance in this psalm. And it's a psalm growing up in the church that I had, uh, had known about, had heard, was familiar with. And one of those psalms that, uh, it, you you kind of you kind of keep at at arm's length, you know, because you know that you know the story behind the psalm, uh, David's atrocious sin, and uh, this is one of those psalms that like I never wanted to actually need to pray. Like, I, I knew <laughs> I knew it was there, but it's one of those you, you know you know you don't want to uh, you, you don't want to have to need it uh, the way that you know David uh, needed it, and so this was a psalm that I just for for years. Um, just uh, tried to breeze through in my Bible reading, and there were a couple of times in, you know, growing up, and uh, when I would, you know, come to those places of kind of high-handed sin, when I, had, uh, you know, knew, knew I had done something wrong, and my conscience was was uh, just ruined, uh, I would go back to it. And this this was kind of my, you know, it was just it was the psalm I'd, I'd go to in those rare occasions when when I just was absolutely just decimated and and and. Uh, and feel horrible about myself. And so therefore, like, you know, as I grew in my Christian law throughout college, uh, this, this Psalm kind of had a bad, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and, and so for years I just, uh, I, I wasn't, I didn't really uh, come to grips with this message until this is my, this is my story with the Psalm. And this was, this has now probably been oh, several years ago, six or seven years ago when I was, uh, reading through the Book of Common Prayer and, and came across a, a daily reading um, that had just four petitions from the Psalm, and uh, and so I prayed them, just four petitions, and it was helpful. It uh it like God use use that that morning of prayer just to kind of give me some clarity. I thought I'm going to do this again tomorrow, so I did. And then the next day. And so I've just been I've prayed now these four petitions literally every day for the last six or seven years. And uh, it's it's been one of those things that kind of un, unexpectedly uh, God has used to to just be now a staple of of kind of setting my day kind of anchoring my day in the mercy of God. Yeah. Um, and so this song that I was. I kept at a distance and was fearful of and never wanted to need has now become this really this, uh, this routine, this habit for me of, uh, I, you know, this, I can't imagine, uh, not, uh, meditating on the truths of, of this Psalm, uh, every day. Like I, I need, I need the mercy of God. We all need the mercy of God in the same way that David needed the mercy of God in Psalm 51. Yeah. So walk us through, if you don't mind, um, or just kind of give us a sense of what the four petitions that you mentioned are. Yeah. Yeah, so the first the first petition is in verse fifteen, um, and then it's going to be verse ten, verse eleven, verse twelve. So verse fifteen is, uh, "O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise." And what I I, I appreciate about this petition is the way it, I, I think it it just sets everything in perspective that there is a God who is worthy of praise, and like before. I do anything before I take the next breath. I want to, I want to get in that reality. I, I want to live in the reality of there is this God who is worthy of praise. And whether I praise him or not, he's going to be praised. Like the whole, you know, the heavens declared the glory of God, all of creation exists 
ultimately for the glory and praise of God. So it's like, hey, I want to get in on that. Like, I want to be part of that. That's why God made me. So that beginning petition is kind of the petition to kind of really put all the others in their place of I want to breathe in that air of God's glory and of giving him praise. And then from there, in, from verse 15, you go to verse 10 uh, and it's create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. And that's uh Okay, I want to praise you. I want to live in your praise, and it's messy in here. I need you to. I need you to set this right. I need you to to, to give me a new, clean heart. And then uh, verse eleven is cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And that's just the desperate plea for God's nearness. Uh, the nearness of God is our good. So asking God, please be with me. Don't leave me. And then verse twelve is restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with the willing spirit. And that's asking to live in the joy of the Lord, which I think at root is is just this this profound gratitude for the gift of life. And and uh, it's, you know, what, what I like to say and what we say at our church is you want to be mainly thankful, mainly. Th- that doesn't ignore hard things. It doesn't ignore the reality of suffering. Right. And, but, but like mainly like mainly thankful and to, to be mainly thankful, even in the midst of really, really difficult seasons. And we've had those. Um, so those are the, those are the four. So we'd say, say praise, change, presence, joy. So the way I, I pray, I mean, if you pray something, the, the same thing for a long time, you kind of have to, you know, find new ways to say it. And so I usually land on saying uh, in, in the order of, of let me get in on your praise Change me from the inside out. Please don't leave me. Give me joy again. And that's kind of the fourfold habit of, of this Psalm, Psalm 51, that has become a routine for me and one that I'm commending in the book. That's great. The the Thanksgiving in, in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of maybe even depression, uh, suffering trial, I think is so key to remembering the larger story of what God yes. is doing in our life. Um, I, I love that the you know to be main to be mainly thankful. Um, uh, Thanksgiving, you know, obviously doesn't ward off pain, but it it does ward off despair, right? You can't be giving thanks and feeling despair in the same moment. You can feel hurt, you can feel yeah um, depressed yeah. even, but um, to give thanks in all circumstances, as the scriptures say. I think is the way that we remind ourselves and, uh, you know, cling to God in, in the midst of those things. Um, so change, you mentioned change from the inside out. It's one of the petitions. Um, how is it that people change? How do people change? Because I think that's an important dynamic, especially for ministry leaders. A lot of our listeners are um, not just pastors, but ministry leaders as well. And it's one of the chief concerns that we have, um, not just in our churches, but in our homes and, and in, right. in life in general. Um, is answering this question: How do people change? Yeah, well, the, the 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 Holy Spirit. I mean, that's that's the the short answer is is the Holy Spirit is how people change, and that's the the thing that that um I think is important in ministry. And I know you you've written you know about this. It's it's doing ministry in such a way that it it really doesn't work without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, like you, the, we we need the Spirit of God, and that's. Hard stop. Like we, you know, we we can't manufacture or fabricate 
the things that we are hoping to see happen. Um, and that, that kind of desperation, I think in ministry and in life, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's walking in obedience in a lot of ways that we can use our, our wills to do certain acts and habits and, you know, um, spiritual disciplines, but knowing that we, you know, we desperately need the fire to fall. We, we, we desperately need, need the Holy spirit to come and to, to do what we can't. And I think that's, uh, you know, when, when it comes to, oh goodness, personal, like just ministry and, and ministry to others, um, the way that I've tried to, cause I, I do a lot. I, I meet with a lot of folks throughout the week and, um, you know, sometimes it can just become routine. You're just, you know, one person after the next. And, and the thing that I've, I've really tried to do in God's kindness is to slow down and to want in, in each, in each time that I spend with someone, it's like my main goal is to be a witness to the realness of Jesus, which is the, what the spirit does. Right. So it's, it's me kind of going into these things and asking that the, the spirit would be at work doing that. This is who Jesus being, being a witness to who Jesus is. And, uh, and that's, I mean, that's what I want my family, my own life. And so I, I think it's, uh, it's the Holy spirit and having clarity in your own heart and mind of how desperate we are for him. Jonathan, did you write this book for a particular kind of Christian? Is there a certain audience that you have in mind? You know, no, I, I uh, when I was, you know, at my keyboard, you know, doing, doing the writing, I was thinking mainly about, about Christians um, of all kinds, uh, new Christians, uh, Christians who were are in the very early stages of, of learning theology and, and how to, how to walk in faith, but also, also mature Christians who I think uh, resonate with the, uh, with Psalm 51, who, who knows that indeed we need the mercy of God. Uh, and so I, you know, for years when I was at desiringgod.org, I, um, I would write for a Christian audience. And um, when I, uh, one of the books I wrote before this one, I was trying to, to write more broadly, uh, which was a, a great challenge. Um, but what I, what I enjoyed about this book was kind of coming back to like, this is kind of the, the audience that I've been used to writing to. Um, uh, and so it, it was, it was a, and I enjoyed the process and, uh, and it, you know, obviously, um, that's what I do as a pastor at my church, uh, is, um, is serving the body of Christ. And so the, you know, this book, uh, I did an earlier sermon series that this book kind of was derived from. And that was, I mean, to the, to the, the believers, to the, the members of our church. And so that's kind of the book is an extension of that. So writing, writing mainly for Christians, although I hope anyone could pick it up and be helped by it, but uh, mainly Christians. Yeah, I love um, pastoral writers. I love um, pastors who write and can write <laughs> uh, as you can, because there's such a deep well of just being in in the thick of r- the real human experience. Um, you know, the r- relational connections, the in a sense, give credibility yeah. and a weightiness to things like this. I mean, it could just be a sweet right. little devotional book written by someone who uh, is a professional writer, and and that's great. God gifts those people as well. But when you have someone who is in in the thick of, of yeah. on the ground ministry, there just I think is a reservoir of um, compassion that comes out of of uh, you know of credibility, as I said, that kind of. Um, comes out of that. So I appreciate that. The prayer is a desperate one, as you mentioned. Um, earlier, you alluded to 
that, uh, you know, it's not just for people who feel desperate. In fact, you know, to make this a routine means that you'll be carrying the, this prayer, the petitions from this this psalm, um, into days where you might be feeling pretty good, actually. So um, why is it an everyday prayer? Why not just reserve this, you know, you know, put it in the china cabinet for the special yeah. occasion of suffering? Yeah, which had been my, my practice for this for this psalm. I, I think it's um, I think grasping first what is the mercy of God, you know, the, the, the tender mercy of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God. And, and realizing like that's that's the the foundation to to everything in my life. Like, and I, I can uh, I, I tell the story in the book about a, a car accident I got into when I was 17. That was kind of this, you know, big uh, you know, turning point in my life when I understood. I mean, in a very literal way, I should not be here, mm. but I am here. Why? And. And uh, so as a 17-year-old, when you're, you're kind of impervious, you feel, you know, invincible in a lot of ways. And God humbled me uh, amazingly um, by this car accident, which is what kind of sent me into this this realization of I'm alive. I'm breathing. My heart's beating right now because God made that happen. God did that. Why? Because he's merciful. He's good. And I keep in the front side of my Bible a photo of that of my of my vehicle that was just completely mangled and destroyed, just as a a testament to to I'm, I'm, I have that I have that in my past in my story that I think is a fuel for gratitude. Um, so even in like the best of days, you know, uh, when you know got the bluebird on your shoulder sort of thing, <laughs> uh, I I'm able to. In God's kindness, stop and think. I, I should. I don't deserve this. I don't. I, I shouldn't even be here. Mm. Um, and I think we all, if we if we look into our own stories, we 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 find we can find that that's there. That uh, the only thing that makes sense is the mercy of God. That's that's why we're doing what we're doing. And what a gift, you know. Again, that leads to that 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 mainly thankful of uh, of just sometimes you have to stop. You have to go back. So you you get down to the basics. Like right now, like I. My mind is working, you know, like yeah. I can see, I can hear, I can, I'm alive. I'm looking at a squirrel right now in my backyard and the sun. And it's just, this is the, it's just being, being alive, being aware of, of the gifts of God all around us and in us. And, uh, and that's mercy. It's because of mercy. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If, if um, those of you who are listening right now, wherever you are, um, coffee shop, mowing the yard, um, in your, in your study, in your office, in your living room, just stop for a second and yeah. just take a deep breath yes. and realize that it's in him that you live and move and have your being yes. that in fact, he is better than your next breath. What a precious thing to remember if we would just be still, um, yeah, it, yeah. it, it is possible, isn't it? I mean, to experience the joy of God, I think sometimes and I don't want to presume, but I know that we have listeners who right now there's something going on in their life, whether in their their family, uh, marriage, or in, in their church, perhaps. Uh, I just heard from a guy this week who it, it just like there was this sleeper cell that activated in his church and things are just blowing up and he's at the end of his rope suddenly. He didn't even see it coming. Um, tell us, how can we experience the joy of God? Remind us it's possible. And and tell us how yeah. to how to grab hold of it. 
Yeah. I, I, first, I just want to confirm, I mean, just it, from my own, you know, experience and life is a trial. Um, it's hard. Life is hard. And I know we live in a world full of gifts and yet um, it's a broken world and we're broken people and we're surrounded by broken people and their uh, life is a trial. Um, and, and that's, and that is what again drives us into what hope do we have? And it's, it's, it's the mercy of God. I think, um, when it comes to suffering, uh, it's to, to first know as we see in scripture, uh, don't count it strange brothers <laughs> when you find yourself in these, in these, these trials and these situations. Uh, this, this is, this is part of what it means to live in this world. And then there's the hope that we have that this will not always be. And that, you know, as we see in Romans five and James one, uh, God is using this to, 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 to grow us, to prepare us. And that's understand growth is a real thing. Like we really do grow in grace. We really do, uh, we are con- being conformed into the image of Jesus. And a lot of times that's through the refiner's fire. And I think in those moments, and we've walked through them as a church, like in the last five years and even, uh, personally in the last couple of years, uh, these places where you come and and you 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 come and you're you just kind of put your hands out you know opened and you just and you and you don't know what to do other than God ha- have mercy on me have mercy on me and and I think that's that's the place where God wants us to live He wants us to live in that place where we're desperate for His mercy and so if if someone's in the midst of suffering right now that that would be my you know my encouragement to them is to is to just pray, you know, pray with your palms up mm. and ask for the mercy of God that we know he has given to us and promised to us in Jesus. You know, according to the riches of his grace in Jesus, there is mercy for us and we can hope in that and trust in that. And it might be mercy that tears us down, right? It's going to humble us, humble us, humble us. Um, but it all, it's mercy that also rebuilds and gives hope. And, uh, and so, now, I, I hope that, you know, it's obviously Psalm 51, you know, if you think about David's story and where he's at, and this is the lowest low that, that I can imagine anyone being, and it's, it's what he brought on himself. You know, he's not an innocent party here. He did this. And he still, what does he do? He, he goes to God because he knows God is merciful. He believes something true about God that then fuels this prayer. And that's the very beginning here in verse one. According to your steadfast love, he knows that God is a God of steadfast love, and that's why he's coming to him, praying and asking for mercy, and and uh, and that's why we can do the same thing. That's great, Jonathan. What has um, the Lord been teaching you lately? What are you learning from your daily walk? You know, I I I, uh, I think um, the main thing that I has kind of been the theme. Uh, lately has been slowing down okay um and there's been some great books written on this topic um, that i've read that have been helpful and how those things now are uh how i love it when you read things and they're you know you read different books and, and they kind of collaborate together kind of coalesce and they, <laughs> they kind of this this message comes through and and for me like you know uh in in vocationally what god's called me to and then having uh a big family um, there's a lot of demands and there's a lot of, you know, you feel like you're always kind of snapping your fingers to do the next thing. Um, and, uh, and, and that can lead to that, that can tend to, 
to suffocate thankfulness and joy because you're just trying to do the next thing. And, uh, and I, again, I think, I, I think this prayer is an anchor for me to slow me down and to remember, as we've been talking about remembering the mercy of God moment by moment. Um, like, I need this, I need your mercy, Father, to get through this day. And, and Paul's not just in the morning, but, but a couple of times throughout the day to, to get on my knees and to pray and remember that. Um, habit is a big piece to this. And that's, you know, habit's also been a theme that, that, that's been written about a lot lately. And I'd say that the way this fits in with that theme is, is, uh, this is some content for habits. So we know it's good to have, um, rhythms and, and habits. And this is some content that you might stir in to, to habits, maybe habits of prayer, meditation. Um, and so this is, you know, um, it can be anything, you know, Jesus says, pray then like this. And, uh, in Matthew six, um, and, uh, I think the Lord's prayer is an awesome prayer to, pl- to pray on a regular basis. And this is in that same, I think that same kind of stream of, uh, of a, a light pray then like this, like a, it's a like this aspect that, uh, that has been helpful. But yeah, that's a great question. I'd say slowing down and slowing down has been, has been the theme that, that God's been doing in my heart and in, you know, in, in our, our church's heart in our, we just preached on Sabbath, um, a few weeks ago. Um, and, uh, it resonated with our church. And so there's some, some neat, uh, things happening there. Some, some good momentum. What's it like doing ministry in the twin cities? What's the, I mean, describe the context for us. Yeah. Well, you've been here when it's cold, you know, (laughs) (laughs) apart from that. Yeah. We know it's the tundra, but (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, it's been like, it's been like, or like mid thirties to like mid forties this past week and the sun's out. And so it it feels like, I mean, people, people were. It's confusing because people, you see people out in like shorts and tank tops and it feels like, you know, it's summer's <laughs> not here, but it can make you think that. Yeah. But missiologically, I, so, what, what's it like? Missy- to be well, it, the weather, the weather affects it. I mean, oh, the weather, okay. people, a lot of depressed people, people. Say, oh man. The, well, I mean, I think seasonal effectiveness disorder is a thing. It's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. But you know, you don't, you don't see people for several months because they kind of hibernate in, in the winter and, and uh, which is great for, kind of the uh, Scandinavian culture here in the Twin Cities, uh, people who stereotypically are kind of to themselves and, and pretty straight faced and and uh, and not very emotional. I think that fits, uh, you know, culturally, um, the Twin Cities has a rich Catholic and Lutheran heritage. Um, and especially, you know, St. Paul, very Catholic and yeah. Minneapolis, a little more uh, Lutheran. And, uh, and so I, I want to say it's a, it's a Christ haunted metro. It's kind of the way we talk about it. Some, you know, most people that someone's grandmother, um, is, you know, was, was a Christian and, and, uh, and told them about Jesus and took them to church. And, uh, and most, most people's church experience, if they're, if they're, you know, Minnesotan is pretty liturgical of uh, being Catholic or Lutheran. Um, and so that's something that we, we've tried to redeem in our church. Um, uh, and then, and then al- alongside kind of that Minnesotan culture, um, it's a very diverse city. There are lots of uh, people who have moved here from all over the world, tons of Somalis and uh, growing uh, Muslim uh, group uh, here and all throughout the cities. And so it's kind of this interesting, uh, you know, interesting city to do ministry in. We kind of have this Christ hauntedness, but also this this very global, uh, you know, sense when it comes to, to the folks from all over the world who live here, as as most as many urban centers uh, tend to have that that same thing, but, um, but no, it's, we, we, uh, we love, we love it here. We love, um, what God is doing here. We love that we get to be a part of it. Um, and, uh, if anyone's interested in, uh, in church planting or, you know, in, in ministry in a city, 
have them talk, have them talk to me. I'd love to, to talk with folks uh, about what's, what's going on here and always trying to recruit people to, to join the work. Brother, thanks for serving there. Thanks for um, being a, a pastor and pastoring a church um, centered on the gospel. Um, it, it's increasingly important as we enter kind of this um, weird, chaotic, post-Christian, melting spirituality, melting pot kind of era. Uh, so I'm thankful for you. We've been speaking uh, to Jonathan Parnell, author of the new book, Mercy for Today. A Daily Prayer from Psalm 51. It's available wherever quality books are sold. It's a beautiful little book, actually. I'm, I'm, the uh, cloth bound with the embossed cover. How'd you swing that, man? And they, I, I, I love it. I don't know. <laughs> they, they did a great job. I, yeah. So it's really yeah, pretty. People. It's really pretty. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it would make an excellent gift if you're listening and um, you know interested in uh, you know, purchasing a gift in the in the coming days, weeks for someone, birthday or or what have you. Um, this would make an excellent an excellent gift um, that you should pick up. Uh, as always, dear listener, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends. Review us on iTunes. Every little bit helps. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.